On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're on the lookout for Nazis with Al Pacino in Amazon's Hunters, studying the art of incompetent spycraft with David Schwimmer in Sky's Intelligence, and taking a break from the bustle of London for a tongue-in-cheek look at Cotswold's life in BBC mockumentary This Country. I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV podcast, a show that is in the mood for love today, recording as we are on Friday the 14th of February in a studio festooned with roses and heart-shaped chocolates, except none of that is true, but I do have the next best thing, by which I mean my two co-hosts for this week's show. Uh, Now that Terry has temporarily departed to bring a slightly smaller sweary human into the world, we switch to a new lineup this week, stepping into Terry's misery-loving bake-off-watching, sci-fi-sneering, rule-breaking shoes is a woman who has promised to do her very best to keep me in line and direct a comparable amount of abuse my way. It's Beth Webb. How are you, Beth? Well, I'm having the Valentine's Day of Valentine's Days because I've just watched you inhale a tin of uh, spaghetti. I was at my most attractive then. Uh, For for the listeners, I went out and got a a bolognese with Empire's Nick Dissemlin, came back, Beth was already here, it was two minutes till the podcast was due to start, so I had 120 seconds to inhale an entire box of spaghetti bolognese, and I put it to you i did pretty fucking well you did pretty fucking well lady yeah. in the tram that was not no um. <laughs> no not really no. it was a little bit more like feeding time at the zoo but you know <laughs> sure that was great so th- happy valentine's day ladies <laughs> i am available um <laughs> did uh, did terry give you any guidelines for stepping in were you briefed with their handover notes no we have more of a telepathic communication when it comes to you james yeah I think, so uh, i'll just wait I, for you to be like you are such a bell end what you'll see is me take off like star wars style i take it off and just hear Terry's voice in my head, like yes. use use the force. Call there. him a bellend, Beth. <laughs> yes. No. What voice was that? That's me doing Alec Guinness. Oh, okay. It's not like Beth hasn't done it before, though. I know, but okay, but she's a, but normally she's doing it as Beth. Oh, okay. Whereas this week oh. she's doing it as a kind of Beth stand-in Terry hybrid, you know, thing. Like you're, oh. it's a performance I'm art. I'm not sure if Beth regards it that way. Do you? Well, you know, I'll, I'll, aim to do, I'll do Terry justice is what the, the primary aim is. Please don't make me try and be Terry. That's an extraordinary amount of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but I will try my best to do her proud. I will. I will, Terry. Okay, good. Uh, you have already heard him, but joining us as ever is the beating heart of the Pilot TV podcast, the brains behind this operation, and a man who brings a sparkling of glitter to this podcast, if only in the form of his star-fucking Rolodex. It's Boyd Hilton. How goes it, Boyd? You don't like it when I pipe up before you introduce me, do you? It, it goes against your rules, doesn't well, it? Which I, I do it every it's week. basic but, showmanship, yeah, Boyd. You just don't like it. You'd like to, people to wait for the introduction, for fuck's sake. No, you know. it's fine. I have long since given up trying to wrangle any of you, okay. so it's, uh, it's fine. Um, we are in... Perfect Joey Tribbiani fashion. Identical sweater twins today. It is ridiculous. You've got we've got we've got very very similar kind of dappled grey yeah. jumpers, which is an abnormal look at the best of times. Thank God you've got a blue stripe across yours, which yeah. is I have to say a bit preposterous. And I've just got a Nike. Um, Hang on, how is my line. blue stripe preposterous? It's just a bit. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, 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 it's a very mellow blue stripe, boy. It's yeah. a mellow blue stripe. <laughs> it's also kind of embossed. You know, it's like it's an it's, embossed stripe across the nipples. A, yeah. Have you noticed that? It's like it's an so an embossed blue right. nipple stripe. If only we were live streaming this like we did last yeah. week on, on wherever it was. Everyone could see my nipple stripe. Could your nipple stripe. Well, I've taken a picture, so I'm going to put yeah, the picture up right. on my Instagram. It's, it's, it's um, a little bit, it adds a little bit of Star Trek, classic Star Trek that, to it. Thank you. Yeah. See, that was the look I was going, going for. for. When I saw it, I was like, that feels a bit like yeah, if they did like 
uh, a Star Trek series set like 20 years after Picard where the uniforms have evolved again, this yeah. could be yeah. the look. I get it, I get this it. This could be the look. Well, so this would be case, the blue of sort of science slash medical. Perfect. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of mileage out of these grey jumpers. <laughs> Who'd have thought? I think so. <laughs> Is yours part of some limited edition no. queue up to get it kind of <laughs> supreme partnership no, with... this is a fairly bog-standard Nike top, yeah. For, okay. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes... You're slumming it. Slumming, slumming it today. Cozy. Slumming it with the plebs. Thank you, Thank you Bethia. Cozy, Cozy, Cozy day. Good, good, good. Well, that's introductions out of the way. So I would now segue straight into what we're watching, but the question I need to ask Beth is what have you been watching? Specifically, have you done the homework that you were set the last time you were on this podcast? Oh, God. I got one episode in... So, so okay, so we're talking Battlestar Galactica for anyone who's keeping up with us. Now, when you say one episode, do you, are, are we talking half of the miniseries? Are we talking the first episode of the show? Despite your very complicated instructions that you gave me when I dared to ask where to start with yeah. this show, when I dared to you ask you went off piece, didn't you? So I watched the 33 Minutes one. I don't know if that was the best bit. It was very complicated. Well, that's because you've started while the story's in progress, but sure. Because you told me to do that. No, I didn't. I said, I said, admittedly, I think I did facetiously say started episode one, but what I meant to say was started the two-part sci-fi miniseries, the six-hour or whatever it is, three hours, sci-fi miniseries, which sets the stage for episode one. Weirdly, your eyes said that. Your mouth said something else. I went and watched 30 Well, what did you think of it? What did you think? Oh, it was busy, wasn't it? Yeah, a there lot was happened. a lot going on. I like Mary McDonnell. Yes. She's cool. She's a cool president lady. Um, it was just mad. Just, I'm sorry I can't go more into it, but I was ever so confused. But it's quite gruelling, isn't it? Like, it's pretty full on. Like, the cast genuinely didn't sleep so that they could kind of look yeah. so, like, haggard and, By you know, the end tired. Of it, I felt like I hadn't. Yeah. So that was something. And then they kill a load of civilians. Like, yeah, that's emotional. It was dead dark. There was a bit of joy at the end when he has the little baby. That was cute. <sighs> I just feel like I started off on the wrong foot. And then I felt this extraordinary sense of pressure. Then I'd done it all wrong. I mean, and I'm here now. I mean, I'm sweating a little bit. What episode, what episode number one? Was this? This is thirty three. So this is the first episode of season one. But which right. I was told to right. go yeah. watch. Yeah, but 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 there is a two part TV miniseries which sets up the first oh, season because yeah. it was like a stealth pilot. But is that stealth pilot? Not, so wait a minute. Is that if that stealth pilot is the official mm. the first episode? Mm. Then fine, but it's not. But it's not. It? So, so basically, but, but when you buy the box set of this fucking thing, yeah. right, which I have got, <laughs> yeah, I think I've got still yeah. in a tin. I bought it in a tin um, limited edition years ago. You don't get that thing, do you? As well, you don't get that. You do. Do you? Uh, it depends oh, okay. which box set you got. If you got the Blu-ray box set, you will not only get that. You will get the uh, Resistance webisodes, which are important as well. Oh, yeah. You will get the additional movies, The Plan, which should be viewed after all of it, and Razor. Now, Razor is a funny one because Razor was released after season three before season four but should be watched three quarters of the way through season two so that's a little bit of a curveball for you there um, and then but you start off with the two parts sci-fi miniseries uh, which was played out over two nights when it first aired and then you go How straight into 33 I believe it's one and a half hours per once so three, you expected three hours. Beth to watch three hours yeah before she got on to episode before one before she got yeah. on to episode one I mean mm, come on 100%. and then having told me not to do that so you can understand why yeah. I instantly became yeah. stressed overwhelmed <laughs> and walked away we've broken her already yeah. um, you've broken her already that's true but yeah. 33 I would argue is one of if not the best episodes of the show if you watch it knowing what's going on yeah because yeah. Uh, it it's, it's an is. incredible piece of television <laughs> yeah I like the way you're reviewing it really even though you challenged <laughs> Beth to watch I didn't it. even need to be here <laughs> 
I mean, enough. already you understand the dynamics of this podcast. Yeah. Um, sure. Anything else you'd like to talk about that you've been watching that you didn't, you know, get wrong? I watched the trip. So I had a lovely week um, where I had the, the very heightened privilege of speaking with Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden after a very special preview of the trip Greece. Exciting. At a very swishy uh, picture house cinema. And um, so I went and revisited all of the trip. So that's been my last week and a half odd. And it was lovely. I see reminiscence of it here between the two of you in oh, that introduction. Wow. Definitely God. there. Are we a bit? I mean, I think we're Bride like and Rob Bryden and, and, and Steve Coogan without the really funny um, stuff. Without any funny stuff. Maybe. Yeah, like, <laughs> Just boil I love down the idea to the of it. But of course, there is only one person in this room who hasn't had a Q and A with Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden for the trip, isn't there? In the last couple of weeks, and that's James because <laughs> I did mine last week. I think I mentioned it on this very podcast. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, you say that, and Have you yet, got one coming up? and yet we did a live podcast at the King's oh, Place for yeah, Empire with Steve. Coogan. Wow. Coogan. I take it back. Although We've all had live yeah. Q&As yeah. with Coogan. I didn't in, do the Coogan Q&A, though, but I did talk to him to speak about to him. M&Ms in the green room. So Why weren't you allowed to speak to Steve Coogan? Has he got, has he got a, I think that was part of his rider. I just want any contact with me of any kind. He had a rule, yes. Um, no, he came into the green room, and he, he was. We were, I was eating the M&Ms, and there was right. a, brief, a brief interaction about M&Ms, and then he left, presumably, to be anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I think he wanted space for himself, didn't he? Well, space um, from me, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's brilliant, isn't it? That you, you, and you watch the new. You, you, so you did the Q and A just to make this clear. Yeah. For the film version, so every series of the trip, they make a film version. Michael Winterbottom, the director, yes. does, doesn't he? Um, as separate from the six parts, there's a six part series coming up on Sky in a couple of weeks, which we will be reviewing here. I insist. And um, but so you introduced the Q and A after screening of the film version. But that's really interesting. Yeah, mm. and it was it was glorious. Absolutely adored wow. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll go into it more in a future pod episode. Yeah. But um, oh, it, I teared up a little bit. Truth be told, there was some real like heart to it that yes. I hadn't seen before, and you can just tell they've become a bit softer and sweeter and less bothered by it all. So that was nice, and they were glorious afterwards. I had a drink with them afterwards, and they were talking about orthopedic shoes for a really long time. Wow! And I think it's the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Just to sit in Being the company. Being in their company, yeah, same. And they talked same. about orthopedic shoes. Yeah. yeah, brilliant, fantastic, dreamy. There you go. How about you, Boyd? Um, I've got a lot to uh, to talk about. To oh, God. Sorry. I'll do it quickly. Um, just to say that, so tonight on, this is going out, going out on Monday, the whatever it is, of, uh, February 17th? Of February. Monday, the Monday of Monday, the February. Monday of February. February. Yeah. Um, there's a one-off documentary uh, called um, Confronting Holocaust Denial with David Baddiel. Oh, that sounds brilliant wow. just from the yeah. title. So, bearing in mind we're going to be talking about this later yeah. with, a, with a show, um, it's the 75th anniversary of the liberation of the concentration camps and, and of course, the end of the war. Mm. And um, what David Baddiel's done, this is inspired by, I think, the, the fact that as a very prominent Jewish um, comedian, author, etc., David Baddiel's um, Twitter bio is Jew, which is which <laughs> makes me laugh that, every time. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's all it says. It's Jew. Yeah, Amazing. it makes me laugh every time I see it. And um, consequently, and and because there are so many um, moronic twats. Yeah. in the world, especially on the internet, yeah. he gets a constant barrage of anti-Semitic um, people posting at him, and um, he also gets people. He also kind of, you know, is proactively trying to deal with, in his as much as he can, the kind of recent uprise in anti-Semitism. That I think we, that I think, is definitely something that's happened in recent times, and we won't, won't go into it. So he is. This feels like a really good time to confront it, as it says in the title, and it is an amazing um, hour-long documentary. 
documentary, I thought he did a brilliant job. He, tr- he traces the whole history of anti-Semitism, of why there's a particular, you know, particular racism towards Jews and the kind of different different reasons that arose and histor- historically the different kind of varieties of it, if you like. And then he and he kind of meets various people um, involved in fighting anti-Semitism. But the 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 scene that I think people will come away thinking, oh my god, this is is he he, he feel. Uh, it's the point where he goes. I need to meet a denier of the Holocaust just for my, you know, to try and understand what the, what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it's a bold move. Yeah. Wow! And he meets a guy who sings songs about Jews. Yeah, and and why he doesn't like Jews. And he sings a song, and it's just an incredibly, just sickening, chilling, but insane darkly funny ridiculous it's just an incredible moment so yeah you've got to watch Confronting Holocaust Denial with David Baddiel tonight Monday BBC 2 9 o'clock and then to mention last week's Inside Number 9 which is called Death Be Not Proud I'm not going to spoil it Unlike when we did talk about Doctor Who and we caused a little ruckus because we because <laughs> we warned people we were going to spoil it yeah, and then yeah. people still got annoyed. So all I'm going to say is because there will be people who haven't watched it yet. This was a, an episode of Inside Number Nine. There's a really special episode that they've been working on for like a number of years and keeping completely secret from everyone. And when you see it, you'll know why. If you're a fan of these guys' work of Rishi Smith, Steve Hemmerson's work, so that's all I'll say. And oh, the other thing is when they weirdly they did you can watch all the episodes for Critics Can on the BBC's previous website but this one they just put up the first like five seven minutes of it and when when i was watching i was like why is that it's about a couple who buy a flat that they think they think might be haunted that's all i'll say and then you watch the whole thing and think ah that's what they've done so if anyone hasn't kept, kept uh, caught up with it yet you you need to watch it and then at some point maybe we'll talk about it in a spoiler special kind okay of you know in that way but it's fantastic Love inside it so inside number nine yeah and then they've done a podcast called that oh, have they yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, they, they do a podcast on BBC Sounds called Inside Inside Online, where the two of them, with our hosts, just chat through each week's episode. It's brilliant. Oh, I, I am available, just in go. case yeah. they're listening. <laughs> of course. And they wish to pay me to do that. And then even more quickly, I wanted to mention um, some of the brilliant... There's there's a really good inside cinema thing going on at BBC. The they're doing loads of... Um, on BBC4, they do loads of um, shows about film. Yeah. And Catherine Bray did this thing called Catherine Bray, who's like the head of... She used to be my boss. Did she? Oh, amazing. Hi, Catherine. She's brilliant, yeah. So she did this like video essay called Meet the Family about families like both real and kind of you know families of friends and stuff in cinema and it's fantastic it's an hour long thing and it's really good and there's also this thing called Life Cinematic in which directors go through their favourite films and film clips and that's brilliant as well and um, Edgar Wright did it um, Sam Taylor Wood did it and they're just you can watch like two solid hours on a Thursday night of really good quality um, film television about films on BBC4 it's brilliant and you can watch Catch It All on the iPlay as well there okay. we go you done? Um, so, because I, I just, I just assumed at this point you were narrating the Radio Times. Oh so. come on, like, you haven't done longer. You've done longer on like ten, a one ten minute thing. I'm just checking if there's anything else I want to remember. No, that's fine. Uh, Kathy Burke also. Kathy Burke narrated um, voices, it. Yes. Um, Meet the family. Yep. Have you Boyd continued with and have you Beth watched Lock and Key? I haven't continued. I haven't watched. Uh, I have watched almost all of them. I'm oh, on the last episode now. Okay. And it's much as think as we said, where it's good without being great. I'm still not sure who it's aimed at. I think if I had to put my finger on it, like late teens, because it's still got that YA teen film, but it's 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 brutal, like kid yeah. being thrown in front of a train. Like it's quite full on in places. So it's still it's still quite edgy. But it's it's interesting. I enjoy the mythology. I think it's quite inventive. I imagine I'd probably, you know. Be better if you read the graphic novel, but uh, it's good. It's good. I, I sh- I'm I'm pleased I persisted with this one. So oh, that's okay. mainly been my week has been going through lock and key. Though given that it's Valentine's Day today, I would like to give a big shout out to Romulan warrior nuns oh. for 
The fourth episode of Picard dropped this morning as we record this. Yeah. And obviously we watched, I'd seen the first three when we reviewed it, so I've not been able to watch it for three weeks right. because I've seen everything. Yeah. And now we've caught up and it brings me Romulan warrior nuns. And I'm so happy. It was a great episode. I'm loving it. Are they as good as the nuns in Dracula? In so some, in many oh, ways, point, yeah. in a nun off, he would. Yeah. I mean, they, they they destroy them because did I mention they're Romulan warrior nuns? Um, in a snark off, I think they would lose horrifically. Okay. Uh, I think Dolly would would destroy them. But um, but yes, uh, they're pretty cool. I'm excited about that. I liked yeah. it. I mean, John Luke gets what? into a sword fight. Like, uh, there's lots okay. of stuff going on. Because we, I also watched those three episodes that were available. So I completely yeah. forgot that. Like, yeah. there's a new one. It's back. Oh, exciting, it's back. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's beaming yeah. into an Amazon Prime near you. Excellent. So I very much recommend. Checking it out. Yeah. Press on with Picard. Uh, and that is what we're watching. So, should we have a listener question? Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Hell, yeah. Hell to the yes. Let's have Woo. a listener question. This week's question is from Andy Shaw, who asks, what was your favourite children's TV show when growing up? And this, I feel, is going to perhaps draw a line under our various disparate ages, but sure, let's go for it. Uh, Beth, where would you like to start? Well, now, when you told me this, I sent you three emojis. Um, I wonder if you pieced it together oh. from the emojis. Oh, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's go to the WhatsApp group. Yeah. Instant, instant, let's have a look at the WhatsApp group. If you and know, you know. Beth said it is, oh, hang on. It's, oh, it's Fireman Sam. <laughs> It's fire metal. It's a thumbs up, a fireman, that's a fire great. engine, and a Welsh flag. Yeah. No, Norman Price! Oh, it's oh, Norman! Man. Oh, my God. Fireman Sam. I'm going to put these uh, to these emojis. <coughs> I've destroyed myself doing Norman Price. Um, <laughs> He's gone. He's, he's, yeah, no, that was... Um, I will say the original Fireman Sam. None of this CGI fucking nonsense. We're talking OG Fireman Sam. Ponty Pandy is on fire. Ponty Jupiter 999. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> wow. Um, I, Norman Price stuck down a well. You sound like something from League of Gentlemen. Norman Price. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, um, Beth has chosen this program. Let's I'm, angry. It's made, it's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this I'm, is like the trip. I'll stop wheeling out my Norman Price. Beth, continue. My continue. In a <laughs> swoop there. That was horrid. Sorry. It's fine. Um, Fireman Sam for me. I used to have, um, I don't know if you had this, but my dad made me a little VHS compilation of like Christmas specials. Fuck <laughs> no. <laughs> I love well, the idea of it. Oh, this is no. like you were laughing in my face. No, 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 no I'm laughing at my own. The idea of my no, own no. late father. Hashtag um, Swindon Life. <laughs> yeah, Carry on. Yeah. The idea of my father coming last year. We've only just done VHS. DVDs. No, I'm in, in um, awe of your, your. That's great. Yeah, it made me a little um, VHS Christmas compilation. So I've got a Christmas episode of Fam and Sam on there, which is. <laughs> oh, what a ride. That's lovely. Um, it was uh, the twins. Uh, is it Jesse and James? No, that's Pokemon. What were the kids called? There were two little blondes. Look, looking twins. Who was the one who was like Fireman Sam and he's like he looked like Elvis. He was called Elvis. Elvis. Oh fine him. Elvis yeah. Wellington. Yeah, Elvis I remember Wellington. him. He was kind of the comic relief. Yes. We had Basil Steele the station officer. Um, we had Bella Lasagna the Italian restaurant. <laughs> That's not problematic at all. Not in the slightest. All voiced by John Alderton as well. <laughs> so he did everyone. He did every single person and was narrator as well. That's amazing. Um, but yeah you know, there was a, a gripping Christmas special where the kids were trapped out. Norman got a bit ahead of himself got too frisky on the sleigh cracked the lake <laughs> yeah I just realised your face wow. said it all then uh, the lake starts to crack and uh, Fireman Sam has to, has to wheel out a ladder and go and rescue them it's, it's edge of your seat stuff it really is um, it sounds epic it was, it was epic stuff uh, so, and, and that was one of my formative shows I will say 
So thank you for letting me revisit that. Fireman Sam. Fireman Sam. Boyd, can you top Fireman Sam? I've never seen an episode of Fireman <gasps> Sam. Can I just say that? No, I am. Is that, um, is that because it came like, you were like... Yeah, I mean, I was... At work when they started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I mean, obviously it's Doctor Who. Let me just say oh, that. But I'm God. Not gonna, but that's just, I'll just park that because, I mean, it is, it's a reminder that it is a children's show, really. It's certainly a, ch- a, a show for them, which people do forget sometimes when they rant about it. But I did watch John Pertwee was... I remember watching John Pertwee at a young age, um, so it's up to. But what my real my answer is going to be Grange Hill. It is Grange Hill? Ah. Yeah. Tucker Jenkins, Gripper Stebson, Zamo, Roland, Bullet Baxter. The this is the glory years of Grange. Hill. I only remember the sausage. I don't even know what the. You know the title sequence. They had a fork oh, yeah. going into dun, a sausage. Dun, 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 That's dun, it. Yeah. yeah. So the title sequence was the yeah the comic strip kind of thing. So, so but the glory years of Grange Hill is when those characters, Tucker Jenkins, Gribbster, these were the absolute like iconic figures of Grange Hill, and um and, and I was obsessed with it. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was like a really good drama. It was a really well scripted, well acted drama series about life for kids at school, and it was kind of fantastic. Can I tell you a Grange Hill story? Of course you can. Are you, were you in it? Please. No. Oh no. It's part of your acting child. No. But this is and this is. 100% true, and this is made all the more entertaining by the fact that my mum listens to every episode of this podcast. She's so proud. My mum once wrote in to complain that the children in Grange Hill didn't sound their letters properly. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Didn't what? They didn't properly. They spoke common, innit? Yeah, they were a bit too street. Yeah. That's she, amazing. She wrote in to complain about the enunciation and the elocution of the pupils at Grange Hill. Oh my God. And uh, is it, was it BBC? Yeah, BBC. The BBC one, yeah. wrote back to say something along the lines of, Mrs. Dyer, I think you will find and that is how most people speak. <laughs> I mean, with all due respect to Mrs. Dyer, this does explain a lot. <laughs> Curiously, she has no problem with Downton Abbey. <laughs> Goodness sake. That's brilliant. 100% true. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were. They were they were working class kids, a lot of them. You know, that, it did deal with all these things. Zamo. Drugs. Zamo was, a, was ended up on drugs. It was mm. incredible. It was did, very daring. Did someone die in a swimming pool? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I yeah. remember. And a tiny little fact I'll give you is that James Jebbia, do you know who James Jebbia is? Absolutely not. So James Jebbia is the inventor and founder and still mostly owner of Supreme, the, the clothing Oh, yeah, that, that you buy a lot he of. He was yes. in series one of Grand Chill. <clears throat> was he now? Yeah. He was in Grange, Grange Hill. Hill is where Supreme yeah, originated. Is there an article of Supreme clothing which riffs on it? Of, not that I know of, but maybe I'll suggest it. I think you should, with the sausage on the front. Supreme, and it's yeah. the sausage and the fork. Yeah, that would be that amazing. That has to happen. Yeah. Has yeah. to happen. Uh, I don't know how to follow that, I've got to be honest with you. Um, I wrote down a few things. Uh, Rent-A-Ghost oh, was yeah. one. Yeah. I was a big Rent-A-Ghost fan. Yeah, sure. Hazel the Witch, as I recall. I have this piece of information in my head that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. I believe she is in the Guinness Book of Records for the fast the speed of it's either typing or shorthand I can't remember which but it's something like that so Hazel the Witch had a record for that I remember that um, do you remember do you remember when they used to do that thing where they'd have those awful variety like Saturday morning shitty variety shows like Get Fresh and whatnot yeah. with Gaz Top and Gilbert the Alien <laughs> but you didn't want to watch any of that shit because it was all bollocks. But what you really wanted was to watch the awesome cartoon, like Centurions, which was a great cartoon. And so it's like a 20-minute cartoon, and they would split it into five-minute chunks and spread it out. Oh, yeah, so you had to watch yeah. Gaz Top tit around a field all Saturday yeah. morning just to get your fix of Centurions. Yeah, yeah. And that used to drive me insane. They did, that, did they do that on Noel, Noel Edmonds' Multicolored Swap Shows? Oh, almost did. certainly. I think they did, yeah. which I think was one of the real first of those Saturday morning magazine shows that were gone for hours. Oh, yeah. they, just, they yeah. were the whole whole day. Yeah. Oh, I like, loved was, that. I oh, loved that. Yeah. Nuts. 
cut. No, I hated all of that. Uh, Battle of the Planets. Remember Battle of the Planets? No. It was a reworked westernization of a manga, and they introduced an extra a robot right. character to kind of narrate okay. it. Uh, Terror Hawks. You're taking this as an opportunity to go through every. I mean, you had to go at me for what I've watched this week. You're going through <laughs> your entire childhood's viewing. I mean, there's the truth in that. The question was, what's your favorite? Okay, like, okay. Well, because well, I started with this, and I was like, well, what I, I want to say. Just die for the swearing. Yeah, oh, she's used to it at this point. <laughs> um, X Men the animated series. Now you know. Bam 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 bam. No. No, no, Beth doesn't know what I'm talking about. No, me neither. X Men the animated series. I would put. Unfortunately, I was at university, so I'm not sure it counts. It but it was technically a children's TV show. It was a children's TV show. I watched it, and me and my friend Ollie, we would go to the TV room in our in our Hall's residence university. We would be in there when it started, which was like four o'clock or whatever, it was on a weekday. And people would come in to watch something proper, and we were like, "No, we're watching this. We've got it. You can't change the channel." You were not X Men the animated child. series. You were a grown bell end. You, you can't include that. That's ridiculous. That. All right, I'm going back to whatever it was you did you, the gas top thing. No, that can't be the favourite. Maybe like mysterious cities of gold. What about the or tomorrow like people. Did you watch the tomorrow people? Never. Oh, that was great. That was, that was one of ITV's few good kind of dramatic children's shows. Okay. Oh, oh, what was that? Chocky. Do you remember Chocky? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. That I remember. Yeah, yeah, that scared great. the shit out of yeah. me. And Box of Delights was another one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, Chocky was a John Wyndham novel, which is a brilliant, brilliant book. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. I love that novel. Yeah. Just watching this back and forth here. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's like, I don't like, know yeah. what <laughs> you people Chucky, are talking really about. Like, like Coogan Bryden, yeah. Yeah, without the laughs. That's it, without the laughs. I think that just about covers it. Thank you very much, Andy Shaw. If you would like to have your question addressed in such a fashion, feel free to DM it to us on Twitter at PilotTVMag. You can send them to me directly, but I don't advise it because I will lose them and thus forget. So do DM them to at PilotTVMag. Right, on to news. And what better place to start, Boyd and Beth, than with the glorious, if unsurprising news, that sex education has been renewed officially for season three. Sex education, one of the greatest things on television. uh, And I'm very, very, very down with this yes so when I last came on I'd watched the opening 20 minutes on the wank montage yeah, yeah the wank montage uh, I have since completed it and loved it it's glorious I loved it so much the girls bashing shit up with the baseball bats yep. it was so fucking good <laughs> it is so good so good yes perfect great news yes yeah, so that's coming back I mean I had no doubt but uh, but it's good that that's happening and and also in the uh, things coming back we perhaps preemptively reported the cancellation of Ray Donovan last week because there was apparently a fan outcry. Oh, you did? Well, okay, yeah, I personally did, but yeah, other people were reporting this as well. And Liev Schreiber <laughs> took to social media to say oh. that they may have been heard oh. like millions of voices, or oysters, who cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. Uh, Ray Donovan may be returning. He hasn't said how, like, will it be another series? Will it be another, will it be a film? Like, what, what, what? he hasn't said exactly how and it hasn't been announced officially, but he is hinting that Ray is not done yet. Mm. So that's good news for someone. 6am. As we speak, James, I don't know if you, you, you have your email active during the... I know you're... you're I try not to. I'm not Terry. Yeah. But well, it's good, though, because sometimes news breaks. And so Netflix just confirmed that Stranger Things 4 has started filming. Ah, do we know when it's airing? So, no, they don't say that. But my guess is I think we can work it out because from, from I went on set of season three and it took another, I would say, 
nine months to actually arrive. For the so gestation. I think we can safely say it's not going to be this year. I think okay. it'll be next summer, whatever, yeah. So, so sticking with the summer one. thing instead of going back to oh, the I mean, of... I Well, the other thing is, we're fully excited to confirm that production of Stranger Things 4 is underway, and even more excited to announce the return of Hopper. Although what? It's, yes. That's well, an odd decision. It's, hold on. Although it's not all good news for our American, he is imprisoned far from home in the snowy wasteland of Kamchatka, where he will face dangers both human and other. So there we go. So there's a Russia. That's it's, it's called from Russia with love. This this you know announcement. See, I see what they're so, doing there. Yeah. So because they were setting that up. In yeah, that I mean, Russian. it's this thing at the end of the final yeah. episode of the last season. You kind, it's very heavily implied, but that's a bold thing to just whack in a press release. That is when there's been because the bit of news I had down was that he's there was loads of speculation. He's not on the IMDb list. Oh, he's off the cast list. Mm. He must be dead. Well, that's yeah, that's there that. you go. That's your news, folks. There we go. Sorry, yeah. I've, I've, I've ruined your news. Yeah. <laughs> I've broken the news. Literally the only piece of news I had. So <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. That from me. That's fine. Do you see there are a few Queeby bits and bobs? Love it. When is Queeby when is when is Queeby launching? Do we know? No, and I don't care. No, fine. Well, anyway, because Sophie Turner's next uh, Game of Thrones follow-up is obviously the Queeby show uh, called. This is Mark Pellington's show, and it is called Survive. She's in it with uh, with Corey Hawkins, and it feels a bit like the Mountain Between Us, but like the series. So there's a plane crash, and they're up in the snowy waste trying to survive, Um, presumably in in small, mobile, friendly, bite-sized chunks. Why you said that? Jesus. that voice anyway, that <laughs> that's my that's my ever so slight elitist contempt yeah, for Queeby voice. Good. It um, was very good. Okay, so um, Ricky Gervais announced uh, that the premiere date for Afterlife Series Two, which is April twenty fourth. Um, and I think that, that's I'm incredibly excited about. Okay, it's good, it's good. Um, and it's and, and every also, every piece of your news in Stanley starts with you name dropping that you've been on set or something. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just, I mean, let me try and find a piece of. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I don't sure if I have got any news that doesn't include me name dropping because my other news was that um, Steve Coogan, who we were talking about just now, oh, our, you're pal the worst. Steve, yeah. our pal Steve, our pal Steve um confirmed not only is there going to be a second series of this time with Alan Partridge, but he's officially he, inviting TV's Boyd Hilton on set. No, I mean I went on set of that, but <laughs> you've uh, become but, the news. Even you, comedy doofus that you are, liked, <laughs> I seem to remember, like this time with Alan Park. Who the hell is exactly. that? Exactly. And we're hoping that he, that character will come back. Who the hell is that character? Who yeah. knows? So there'll be a second series of that. He said Martin Brennan. A, Martin Brennan, within a year. Before that, he's, this March, he's doing a Steve Coogan podcast. Oh. Which I think is the most fucking exciting thing. Really? Yes. yes. How exciting is that? If you're a, if you're a, if you're an Alan Partridge fan, sorry, he's doing an Alan Partridge podcast. Even more exciting than Steve Coogan. Oh my Hang god! Hang on, yes. what? He's doing a podcast in character yes. as Alan Partridge. Yes. Oh, that's that's, that's what I meant to say. That's pretty. So, amazing. That's so Beth, I like your Simon Level was that for the Steve <laughs> yeah. Coogan, but the fact that it's actually an Alan Partridge podcast yeah, is obviously yeah. the most exciting. I think thing. any dogs can hear the noise they just made. No, because exactly. so. that makes total sense. Because also, I think Alan Partridge would be doing a podcast, even he would belatedly and probably about this moment years after they became a thing, finally realised. I've got to do a podcast. You've got to do a podcast. Yeah. Oh. So um, and that's going to arrive in March somehow. He didn't say. He just announced it on um, Radio Two on Friday morning in, in with Zoe Ball. And no, and, uh, apart from that, I don't think anyone knows exactly what's going to what it's going to be. Amazing. Yeah. Boys, where can I watch High Fidelity? If at all, that's a good question. This yeah. is. It, is it Hulu? Mm. Hulu. Yeah, it's not been given no. a date over here, but it's imminent, isn't it? Well, in I don't think it's, it's. I think it's starting this week, isn't it? Yeah. America, yeah. It's dropped yeah. the whole series. It was I'm already dropped. Dead keen to watch mm, me it. Me too. Yeah. Really Sorry, Kravitz, it. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, it's really fucking good as well. <laughs> 
Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I my guess. I think Channel Four because Channel Four showed um, Catch Twenty Two, which is a Hulu mm. series, and yeah. they've shown a few others as well. The one, the space one, with um, I didn't really like very much. You know where they where he goes off into space. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, yeah, precise for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm I wonder where, but I haven't seen an announcement from Channel no, Four. They've acquired it because yeah. Trill went to BBC, and that That's was true. Hulu. That's true. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't so know. No, I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. dead keen to watch that. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is being considered for the HBO series of Parasite. The show, absolutely true, absolutely true. So Bong Joon-ho's Oscar-winning film, Parasite, uh, is coming to TV as a series. I, for the <laughs> life of me, I don't know how. This is a thing that's happening, yeah, and definitely HBO are definitely yeah. doing it. Yeah. But uh, what hasn't been confirmed, but he is in talks, like Mark Ruffalo may be in it. So he may be, I I mean, I don't quite understand what the series is going to be, no. but it will have Ruffalo well, and it's Parasite, and both of those things are independently I've good. I've seen Bong Joon-ho, because there was this kind of mini- You were on set, obviously, Boyd, uh, of the <laughs> series. So, uh, <laughs> tragically, was not on set, no. But I have watched. Um, I watched a long video interview with Bong Joon-ho, and he said that, because um, people, there's a mini outcry, I would say, about the idea of, an, of particularly of an American TV right, series. So, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, but it, I think uh, for me, it's like Small Mercies because this is not um, a, a, an American remake of the film. Yeah. So that's this is different. And he said it's going to be an expanded version of that story and of those characters. So it'll just happen over a longer yeah. period of time. So I, I think that will mean, you know, for me, like, I, you know, he didn't specify, but for me, it's like you'll know, you'll find out more about these families and their homes and their backgrounds and their you know that's so interesting like, yeah I think it's interesting it's I'm all not... going to the tone's going to be important yeah. to this isn't it 100%. so because it, it, you know in taken at face value the story of it is almost farce it's just how oh, you could make it yeah. deeply creepy if you played yeah. it a certain way so I'm sceptical but I'm curious yeah. and Ruffalo could save it yeah Ruffalo's fantastic Ruffalo. there was a huge um, Sky launch this week Beth I don't know if you know about this it was um, I think they called it Up Next or if I got that up I apologise I mean this was the most lavish TV launch I've ever been to uh-huh. in my life oh and sorry like... so you were, you were at the launch you were invited <laughs> to the launch as I'm a guest about, at the launch I'm talking about the okay, launch okay just checking yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. So we're all on the same yeah. page. And, talking about launch, <laughs> yeah. and they now and they were announcing like their commissions for the next like year or whatever. And they had like it was hosted by Chris Evans and they had thirty three Q and A's on wow. stage. Were you hosting all of them? Or? No, it's hosted okay. by Chris Evans. I've just said, but, but Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon were there doing a, like, a little five minute Q and A. Not as good as either of ours. No, ones. not even close. Um, but anyway, more to the point, they did make many many announcements. But the most ex- the Brussels going to come back, which I think we all really liked. Didn't we reviewed that on this? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, me and yeah, yeah, me and Terry liked it because we understand comedy. Um, <laughs> Brassic is coming back for a third series, even before the second series have arrived. Blimey. Right, so the second series not, now. This, but the most exciting thing for me was this: this series called The Third Day is coming from um, the guy who wrote Utopia. Yep, um, and it's starring Jude Law and Naomi Harris. This is Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly, thank yep. you. Um, and they showed clips of it, and it's basically like it looks like a bit like it's basically Jude Law is visiting some mysterious island off the British coast. Yeah, and there's weird locals doing weird kind of wickery man type things, almost like like Midsummer, yep. like um, you know the Sarah Phelps series, Pale Horse, that kind of weird rural activities going on. Great. And then that's the first half of the series, like first three episodes, and the second, then I think he disappears, and then Naomi Harris arrives in a kind of sub-story associated story to kind of find out what's going on in the middle of these two strands of the story there's going to be a live event at an island where 
members of the public can no. go and take part in it. <laughs> no. And that is going to be incorporated into the whole thing and show, and you can watch it online. And, that, and I'm like, this has already blown my mind. We're doing this. Right. I'm saying as a podcast, That's we need to be it. part We're of this live event. It, yeah. We've got to be there doing a live right. stream from this. I mean, it's a bold, bold thing, that isn't is it? That is madness. Imagine yeah. being in that pitching session. I know. Right? Yeah, yeah, but I think it's a really exciting idea. Yeah, I'm, me too. Again, yeah. I'm intrigued. And Punch Drunk, who are the, um, you know, Punch Drunk do a lot of immersive theatre. I mean, I hate to use that phrase, but they yeah. do. Yeah. And so they are kind of kind of creating the live element because that's what they do. So it's like a co-production of Punch Drunk, Dennis Kelly, um, and um, the production company of the TV stuff is um, uh, Brad Pitt's production company. So it's got incredible people wow. involved. Wow. And it's okay. all going to be on Sky, you know, at some point later this year. So it's, I think it's fucking interesting. That is fascinating. I yeah. also kind of hope it goes wrong. Yeah, it could <laughs> I go wrong. I kind of hope something goes really wrong. It could go horribly wrong. And it goes down in telehistory. Yeah, yeah. There Great. Yeah. Guess what? That's my news. I want go on. CSI is coming back. <laughs> uh, the original. Yeah, so so CSI has been largely, I think, off screens for about five years. It is coming back for a special limited run. Mm-hmm. Anthony Zyker, who's the creator, uh, he is bringing it back. And and Gil Grissom, William Peterson, is going to be a part of it. So it's the it's the dream team, the original CSI. Uh, he left it after <laughs> ten. I was about to say after the first ten years, he packed it in. Uh, but CSI was the original kind of like. Uh, procedural monstrosity wasn't it of that particular yeah, era it was massive, yeah. uh, absolutely huge I, I was on set of CSI boy just you, you know go. throwing See? that out there See? I uh, play that game yeah I've been on set of all three in fact CSI's Vegas New York and Miami admittedly all in the same day but that's neither here nor there there are only three CSI's there no there, there was there was also CSI Cyber yes was, that's right. was, that, was that Patricia Arquette I want to say maybe yeah yeah. Uh, not the one where she's a psychic this is a totally different procedural yeah um, yeah so that's that's the oh, thing. That's 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 if you're into CSI, if you enjoy a little bit of uh, forensic detail, then that is probably for you. Terry will be excited about that. She will be excited. She does love procedural. She can she can binge them all yeah. while she's away. Yeah. Um, there's been a trailer for season two of Altered Carbon, which drops in like two weeks. So we'll be reviewing it on the podcast well, after the next it, one. Will we though? Yes, we will. Will we? Yes, we <laughs> will. No, I don't mean. I know. I'm happy to review. It. It's whether we'll get them from Netflix or not, because it's one of their. They don't seem to be prioritizing these <gasps> things anymore. They, no, but they, they've re- renewed it. And also, this is so Anthony Mackie is in this, replacing Joel Kinnaman in the title role, yes. which makes absolute sense Great. within the mythology of. Beth, did you watch this? No, I don't. So this takes place in a world where they have these things called stacks, where your entire personality is downloaded into this thing in the back of your neck. So if your body dies, if you are killed, your stack can just be put into a new sleeve, which is what they call a body, and you can just carry on. So you just get a new body. So the sleeve of Joel Kinnaman is now in Anthony Mackie. That's a glow up. Which is in many ways an upgrade. And, and, you know, so we got him. And frankly, he tears it up. Like, he rocks his trailer. I think he looks fantastic in this. I can't wait. Almost all I remember about the season one was Joel Kinnaman walking around naked for almost the entire thing. Yeah, there's a there is a lot of of, a lot of, of sculpted full. buttock in this. Well, in I'm fact, full, there's a lot of full frontal full nudity. There was Willie. Yeah, there's there was Willie's Joel left, Kinnaman right, and centre. I mean, we have to address this. You uh, just said Willie about twelve times. You did. Willie, 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 you were uh, you were going Willie nilly there. If uh, anyway, yeah, my mum's already traumatised by this podcast. But no, there's then there's 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 a naked body artist that we have all those sort of full frontal naked people on plinths at one point in the show. Yeah, so for full frontal action and Anthony Mackie, the two things may or may not go hand in hand. Just to see whether they let us see it in advance. I hope they do because I want to review it. But like Lost in Space, we didn't. Like, you know, like um, yeah, but they've basically abandoned Lost in Space. I feel like I think I. Do you know what? Someone said to me the other day, and I can't remember who it was because I've been going on about how you know banging on in a kind of West media bubble type way about not getting to see all Netflix shows in advance. <laughs> hashtag void, hashtag privilege. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but someone and and I assumed it was because they kind of because as as 
we were saying slightly lost interest in the show, some of the shows. But I think in these cases, like because Lost in Space is one of, is a huge hit for them. I think it's almost like some things become so big they don't need to worry about it and they just kind of park it, put it out there. And I think it was like this auto carbon thing, which I think must have done well enough because it's really expensive. I remember them yeah. announcing it, but how expensive it was that they just kind of go, well, it, it's got its fans and that's fine, and we won't, we don't need to draw everyone's attention. To it. Well, it's based on the very popular books by I want to say his name is Richard Morgan, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, the Takeshi Kovacs novels. Right. So it, there is a fan base, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, knows? I'd be interested to see whether we get to see it. I mean, you'll be interested to know because... Willies. Because of Willies. Yeah, you'll be loads of them. No, 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 everywhere. Oh, why not that because of that. <laughs> you will be here to review it because it's arriving oh, in about Backtrack, Boyd immediately I'm backtracks. Not. And that's what I meant. Hashtag me too, sexual harassment, HR, etc. I mean, Beth will somehow try and piece together what's happening in the world of Alter Carbon, which I remember being quite complicated. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Good recovery, Boyd. Good recovery. <laughs> Right, is that it for news? Are we done? I think, so. I think we're done. I think we've bored everyone to death. Should we go on to this <laughs> week's reviews? Kicking off this week, we have Amazon's Hunters, in which Al Pacino stars as Maya Offerman, a determined Nazi hunter, picking off Fuhrer-loving fugitives in 70s New York, and Logan Lerman as a young Jewish man who's drawn into the hunt when a rogue Nazi, a Nazi ne'er-do-well, if you will, turns up on his doorstep. Uh, Jordan Peele co-exec produces this one, but how does it measure up Boyd? It reminded me of um, the Woody Allen film Manhattan, and there's a very famous scene in the Woody Allen film. Which you were on set of. No, I was not on set. If only, if only. I'm the only person who hasn't cancelled Woody Allen, obviously, so I still refer to him. There's a classic scene where um, he's at a party, and the party guest says, Oh, did you know that there are Nazis kind of invading New Jersey? And she says, You know, there was a devastating satirical piece in the New York Times about it. And he says, Well, devastating satirical pieces are all very well, but bricks and baseball pats is what we need to do to attack them. And this is basically set in the 70s. Mm. 1977, is that? Yeah. Yes. Because there's a Star Wars reference. The Star Wars comes out, yes. So the idea is there's this group of secret Nazi hunters led by Al Pacino's character and a young guy played by Logan Lerman, kind of his grandma gets killed by actual Nazis. So there's a mix of actual Nazis who were who were recognised from by survivors of the Holocaust from Auschwitz, etc., other different concentration camps who get spotted, if you like, in their living in modern day America. And there's also, by the way, a kind of conspiracy of Nazis, including young new neo-Nazis, mm. played by various Aryan-looking young male actors, um, who are going around trying to get a fourth Reich in America, in the world, to take over the world, basically. So it's kind of like a mix of... It's a bit glorious Bastards, yeah. the movie, kind of imagining... And tonally as well. Tonally yeah. as well. It's very Tarantino-esque mm, elements so. of it. Um but what I like about it, so the reason I mentioned that Woody Allen reference, because I've always thought that that had a, I always thought, yeah. yeah, that is the thing, you know, <laughs> forget about trying to be tasteful about Nazis, yeah. a la maybe some might say Jojo Rabbit, you know, like Jojo Rabbit takes an interest, I mean, obviously there's Taika Waititi as Hitler, yeah. which is not, you know, which is kind of played for laughs, but it's actually in its way quite kind of tonally kind of, it's funny, but it's not kind of way out there, whereas this is balls to the wall, whatever the phrase, is that the phrase? Um, Full, full on, kind of almost cartoonish way of mm. depicting Nazis um, and this whole story, the idea that a bunch of Jewish and their friends, um, Holocaust survivors, are going to track them down and kill them. That it's ultra violent. It's quite 
sometimes it's quite cheesy. It's quite elements of it are um, it's tonally. It's all over the place. There's one moment episode. So episode one is a 90 minute kind of film. I get introduction to the whole world. Episode two I watch begins with a flashback to Auschwitz, which is really disturbing and and filmed and told in a kind of realist way. And mm. then the next minute you've got Logan's Lerman's character having a dream sequence where he's like introducing all the Nazi hunters, like is doing a trailer for a film, an action film. It's all over the place. It's a mess. Al Pacino is doing the Jewish Jew <laughs> the kind of impersonation. I say that as a Jew I've ever seen, and yet somehow I love it. Like, <laughs> you know, there's a whole controversy at the moment about casting. You know, should you cast? You know, you have to be sensitive about identity, people's identities when you're casting. There's an official exemption for Al Pacino. You well, can cast a, him as anyone, right? Mm. Well, there's an official exemption for Jews, seemingly, because you know, like anyone can play Jews. This, and I don't, I'm fine with it. I don't mind. But it's an interesting side point that I feel like I could probably write a 2000 word think piece for if I could be bothered. That <laughs> anyone, yeah, Al Pacino, cl- cl- one of the most famous Italian Americans ever, yeah. is playing this really Jewish guy with a heavy Yiddish accent, and it's fine, and it's really entertaining, and it's brilliant that he's in this show. But you know, some people might complain that he's not Jewish. Anyway, it's written by, created by this guy, David Vile, who, so as I watched it, I thought this has got to be created by a Jewish person because no one else could get away yeah. with that. And sure enough, he, not only is he Jewish, but his own grandmother was in the concentration camp. Oh, so wow. I think that's really important to say. So I was like, I need to find out who created this thing. Yeah. Um, there was a screening of it that I couldn't attend where they were all there, and, I, and um, I'm sure they went into this. But I feel like, yes, this could only be, this is his story to tell. You know, it's one of those, uh, I think, for anyone else to chime in, and, you know, especially if you're going to be this tasteless and vulgar, which it is, about this whole world of Nazi hunting and Nazis. I, I really like it. I think it's flawed. I think they're, you know, like ep- that 90 minute first episode could have been cut down. Mm. It didn't need to be that long. It kind of slightly revels in its own daring. You know, it's like, oh, we're being really daring about this stuff. And aren't we being clever and isn't it edgy? <laughs> and I felt like sometimes it's a bit like we're standing back, particularly that, that Logan Lerman sequence. You'll know it when you see in episode two where he's where it's, everyone's introduced in a kind of Tarantino-esque way is a bit like, what's the point of that? Um, but having said that, I'm definitely going to carry on watching it and I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I kind of love the idea of it. Yeah. <laughs> Beth? I mean, my main qualm was with the, the whiplash speed yeah. at which it dances between tone because it gets really dark like really dark and it really does twist the knife especially in some of the scenes regarding the holocaust and this like new gen neo-nazi rising that stuff gets really grisly there's things involving pregnant women and the you know i know there's no pussy footing around the holocaust do you know what i mean we know we know for what, what what that is but to then dance from that to mm. this tarantino rodriguez you know, bossable B movie character intro where it's like these these Nazi hunters and all their traits, like their action heroes, and there's this whole kind of sub narrative where Logan Lerman's character loves comic books and he does those references to Batman and things. That I took a little bit of issue with. I think certainly vulgar, certainly fun, but when it's at the expense of something so grotesque, it gets a bit gratuitous. Mm. Um that said, it's a good-looking show. That is a very handsome show. I love the cast. I love Carol Kane. Yes. I love Jewish Carol Kane as <laughs> yeah. um, she's what are they called like Mindy and Midge or something? They're yeah. like this like old married couple who fight Nazis. That could be a show in itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, and you've got Josh Radner from um, How I Met Your Mother as this kind of Hollywood actor, but also a Nazi killer, which is great. We've got a. Uh, uh, 
British actor called Greg Austin, who I've never seen in anything before, but is the nastiest piece of shit I've yeah. seen on screen in a very long time. And that's all the Game of Thrones baddies combined. Yeah. Ain't got shit on this. The laundromat sequence in particular yeah. was pretty tough. Yeah, that, yeah, those scenes are absolutely And this is what him. I mean. The, the scenes with him in particular are especially nasty. Real knife twist and stuff. He was in class, um, the Doctor Who spinoff. Right, yeah, okay. Was, but I mean, yeah. the the least offensive thing he does is shoot a flamingo. <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah. Even that was like, that was, that was, and that funny. was, that was, the, the, that yeah. was pretty horrid. So I think that was my main qualm was just the, the, the real ricochet between tone. It felt just a little bit gratuitous. And I appreciate he's got the heritage to back up what he's doing. It, it was just a little bit too much for me, mm. but it was a glorious good looking show they've obviously chucked loads of money at it mm. as well um, they've got Pacino I think Lerman is a really good person to have on screen with Pacino he's a great actor he is Logan good. Yeah, he's really I love good. him post Percy Jackson um, with our mate Steve in it yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah no, my, my only qualm was just just how quickly the tone shifted it's, really. it's an odd tone isn't it I was, I, I was a little bit I was like, because it starts, so the whole thing kicks off with a barbecue sequence, which is full on in a way I have rarely seen, especially because it starts with a heightened, as you know, with a lot of the shows I watch for this podcast, I often, even when it's ended, unable to tell whether it was supposed to be a comedy or not. And when this (laughs) began, it had that sort of super saturated, sunny, over the top comedy feel to it. And then is unspeakably, gratuitously, unpleasantly violent to the point where, and when it ends, where there's a certain shift at the end, it's absolutely chilling mm. as well mm. and the whole of this show kind of continues in that vein and as you say it swings backwards and forwards between these two things it's surprisingly pulpy considering the subject matter it put me very much in mind of Tarantino it's got a real grindhouse feel to mm. it uh, but it's it pulls no punches it's you know in the same way that something like uh, The Boys takes a quite light matter and makes it really hard hitting this almost is the opposite it takes something really hard hitting and treats it with a certain lightness of touch that could go either way. It's a really fine line to walk. But I really liked what they did with this. They made it playful, they made it fun, but they also didn't try to uh, sugarcoat what it is. And to your point when you're saying, you know, everyone knows the Holocaust, I genuinely think that people understand that six million Jews died and lots of other people died as well. But that is a figure they have in their head and they understand that Auschwitz was there. I think the true cost of the Holocaust in terms of human suffering and pure unimaginable sadism that went on in these places, whether it be Mengele, whether it be all this stuff, is something that maybe a lot of people don't know. And what I liked about this is it went absolutely out there. There's a sequence involving a chess game, which is one of the most upsetting things you'll ever see. And this is the kind of shit that went on. This is not this is not caricatured. This is not an exaggeration. And I think weirdly, showing that is a really good thing to do. I think people do need to see. I, so I did my dissertation on Holocaust studies at university. I so know that. I was loads of fun in my second year. I think, um, but no, I think you're absolutely right. I think I hundred percent agree with that. And I think, um, and what, and, and what that kind of, what crystallised that for me was. I kept thinking of Jojo Rabbit because I don't. I, I'm not a fan of Jojo. Rabbit. I don't hate it like some people do, and I don't love it. I'm kind of in the. Yeah, it, I, I was absolutely meh about Jojo Rabbit, right? Yeah. And I think, and this watching this, it kind of made for everything you said. It this shows you in unflinching way. The flashbacks to, as you said, that chess scene which took place at Auschwitz was absolutely horrifying. And I think the way it does those flashback sequences and the stories that Pacino's character tells, for example, that often set them up, um, are really 
brilliantly done and I'll, and show you the horror of it, the, the the sadism of it and the reality of the situation in a way that Jojo Rabbit never goes near. No. I think a lot of people's objection yeah. to that film is that, it, I know it's seen through the kids' eyes and everything, we understand that, but a lot of people's objection to it is that it kind of, in a way, you come away with thinking, oh, you know, you understand why people ended up thinking that Jews are bad and why they end up... And it was, it's all a bit kind of light. Whereas this, mm. even though it's pulpy and B-movie, as you said, which I think is exactly right, it's still, it's by stealth, yeah. you do learn a lot. And I think, you know, if you're going to, without something too patronising, if young people are going to watch this thing, because it is entertaining mm-hmm. and pulpy, yeah. and with Logan Lerman, and, you know, there's there's um, all kinds of kind of hot characters in it, basically, you know. If they're going to work for whatever reason, then they'll probably learn a lot more about the actual Holocaust yeah. than fucking Jojo Rabbit. 100%. Uh, and while I'm on my uh, dissertation mode, I would say if anyone does want to know more about the Holocaust, the book that I always recommend to people is read Ellie Wiesel's Night. It is a really short book. It's like 150 pages. You can read it in less than an hour. And it is horrific, but it gives you a perfect encapsulation of his experiences in Auschwitz. So I do recommend that. I do want to say good on Amazon for letting them do that because they've clearly given them absolute carte blanche. I mean, this feels like even more daring. (laughs) Even more out there. I think when this arrives, you know, I think it will cause controversy. Because you go from, at one point, a brutal mass murder straight into people talking about Darth Vader. Like, that's the scene scene switch. You're like, Whoa, whiplash! Yeah, but I often slag off Amazon Prime. I feel like this is this is this is a good example. Of what Amazon Prime, exactly... home of Picard. You're saying? Yeah, well, in this country, but it's not even. I mean, it's that's CBS, true. Really, that's true. It? Here, it's home of Picard. From their stuff they create, I feel like this mm. is like real. Even though it's, I have issues. It's not perfect. It's definitely flawed. Yeah, there were some. There were some actually actively bad scenes. I think in this, you know, like mostly the ones the way they're trying to have too much of a good time. Yeah, in the in, you know with it. But I re- I think it's really bold, brave, and it's it's produced by um, Jordan Peele, which maybe that yeah. was helped get them to make to be able to do it how oh absolutely do without it. doubt I yeah. think that helped I think what's not going to help is that 90 minute opening episode I think <laughs> that's going to put so many people <laughs> yeah, I agree. Off, that's a mistake you're right which is a shame yeah, it's because a it's, I mean when I got that through from you I was like oh same here because that opening <laughs> scene is so good that poolside scene yeah. is so brilliant yeah. and you'll know by the way as soon as you see it you'll know if this show is for you or not I think. Yeah. absolutely yeah. and then it kind of takes, just takes too long doesn't yeah, it yeah, it's you can easily make that yeah, easily yeah. judicious editing that's what we're saying it is very good though that is Hunters we recommend you watch it it drops on Amazon on Friday, February the 21st. Next up this week is This Country. This is a satirical look at rural life uh, in the Cotswolds uh, and contains the line, why go Christmas shopping when the dump is my John Lewis? Which I think sums up this episode, certainly. I have never watched this show before. And I will say, Beth, this has made me look at you in a whole new light because <laughs> these are your people. These are my people. These are your people. And I'm proud to belong amidst them. And what did you make of this presumably true to life documentary take on your friends? <laughs> it was like a slice of home, wasn't it? The second they drop that, uh, they'd make a joke about going to a zombie escape room in Swindon. I was like, <laughs> oh lads, here we go. Um, this show is, I love the trajectory of this show and not just because I literally drive past people stopping off at bus stops <laughs> by me to take tourist photos which is literally something I've seen now um but just it's come from so it's Daisy May and, and Charlie Cooper just brother and sister literally from my ends who have just made this this very proud like proud parody of home and it's taken off in the biggest way and it's just such a lovely success story and it's so sweet and simple like literally the synopsis of this episode uh is that Kerry gets a job at a skip. That's it. Mm. She gets a job at a skip. She didn't have a job, and now she's got a job at a skip. 
and I won't ruin it for you at the end, but that's that's basically what happens. But it's just spun into this like glorious. You just get to hang out with them in their company and enjoy the highs and lows of their days. And it sounds boring as hell, but did it's you really not. see anyone you knew? Or? <laughs> so dad gave him away. <laughs> no, but um, but it's brilliant. Like I love when uh, Daisy May Cooper's now gone on. She was in the David Copperfield film that came out and was one of the best things in it. Um, I loved when she went to the BAFTAs in a Swindon Town FC dress (laughs) which is incredible um so i'm just really pleased i mean it is very much our expense but i'll i'll take it see i'm slightly confused by the geography and and so so i'd never really (laughs) can i just say sorry (laughs) that that i'm never only you could come up with a review of this country goes i'm slightly confused by the geography right that is perfect (laughs) i'm just gonna say so 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 the cotswolds are obviously quite large because so this is the gloucestershire part of the cotswolds because my mum used to live in the the Oxfordshire part of the Cotswolds, right, yeah. which is kind of posh Cotswolds, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, like, because obviously you have an accent. It's not quite as, as magnificent as Terry's accent. It but, but, this. but this particular thing, is, it's like, it's like, it's almost like it's like a, a part Welsh, part West Country kind of hybrid accent, isn't it? And is that the Gloucestershire twang? Is that what that is? It basically is. So I'm a little, I'm a hybrid of myself. I'm a bit Gloucester and I'm a bit Wiltshire. Uh, you, you hear it coming out as I speak oh, yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not being you, funny. You could be a I'm not being funny, but... Yeah. Uh, the, no, uh, yeah. So they're they're in the slightly more rural area of of the Cotswolds, where Swindon is seen as sort of a mecca, which I absolutely love. Um, so it's like the Vegas of Gloucestershire. It basically is. Mm. Um, but yeah, they just delight in this like rural. She gets a job and a skip. I don't know what else. To so tell now you. you've got the geography sorted out. What the fuck do you think of you idiot? <laughs> I mean, I hated every minute of it. I mean, this was never you, in you, doubt, let was me it? Ask, first of all, had you ever heard of this show? No, never. Yeah, right. I'd never heard Let's of it. I'd never watched background. it. I barely made it through the 29 minutes of this episode without killing myself. Oh I my just, God. But, but you have to understand, this if is there is a bright centre to the comedy universe for me, this is the show that it's farthest from. Just like, I cannot get on board with this kind of humour. This is the kind of thing where Terry would be yelling at me because I didn't like it because it's working class humour in, in some fashion. But it's not, it's just, I just, it's not funny. It's just not funny. It's whatever this show was trying to be funny about wasn't. That's my issue. I'm not saying, and I'm 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 self-aware enough to know that the problem here does not necessarily lie with the show. Yeah, (laughs) it is entirely possible. Funny or die. Do you remember the glory days of that that franchise? My humorless nature is just impervious to this show's quote-unquote charms. All I say is, where Mrs. Dyer wrote. An angry letter to Great yeah. Chill, Mr. and Mrs. Weber writing into this podcast. Good, yes. You've awa- yeah. awakened the crack in there. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because it's like I feel like James is in a in a, in a in his own bubble of <laughs> of where comedy cannot penetrate and where popular culture is. You know, it's all going because this is, as you say, as you're alluding to, it's probably one of the comedy TV comedy stories of the last like five years, basically, yeah. where these these people, this brother and sister um, duo, Charlie and Daisy May Cooper. They, they created it because um, they were bored, they didn't have any money, they didn't have anything else to do. And um, so they come up with this whole thing themselves and it's become an absolute phenomenon, a complete pop culture phenomenon of which James is completely <laughs> unaware. And, um, and the other thing, you, you were talking about, the, you know, the only thing that happens is the, I mean, is the storyline of her going to the, well, getting a job at the skip. There is the one other thing this episode does do is pay tribute to um, Michael Sleggs, who's a character called Slugs, who... Um, 
was their genuine friend in real life, and they cast a lot of the people in the show are, are, are not never been acted anything at all in their lives, and they cast them because they're genuine from the area and they know them. And he was this brilliant character who's gormless. Every single review ever of this country that referred to Slugs called him gormless. You have to because he's gormless. <laughs> he's gormless. So this poor guy, Michael Slugs, the actor, died last year, aged like thirty-three or something, and so. Part of the other storyline in this episode yes. is tri- a tribute to him, this letter that comes from beyond the grave from his character that I thought they did brilliantly. And on the Q&A, there was a Q&A that I did not host, but I went to at the BFI, which was honestly the funniest Q&A I've ever seen in my ah. life. And Daisy May Cooper particularly is hysterically funny. I mean, from the Swindon, as you say, the Swindon outfit of the BAFTAs onwards, everything she says, she's so honest. And she and she was talking about the, the death of this guy and she was sort of crying about that. She's still, you know, incredibly devastated about that. But then next minute she's telling unbelievable stories about, you know, she practically gave out the email address of one of the actors in the show by accident until someone said, I don't think we need to, you know, GDPR or whatever. We need to be careful about what we say. It's just, it's a phenomenon. I love it because it is... It's like a kind of, it uses the faux documentary style and the idea that this is like needs to meet the BBC's requirement to have any kind of TV about the countryside (laughs) is a brilliant device to show these people's kind of utterly kind of bored lives. The whole trick of it is nothing happens and yet in a brilliantly funny, interesting way. I loved it. I've set episode two, which takes place almost entirely with those two and the vicar, who's brilliant, played by Paul Jahidi, almost entirely takes place in his car, is phenomenal. And it's like how they really, this is going to be the last series, but it's a brilliant, brilliant show. It's incredibly funny, fantastic characters, totally believable. It's genius. I did not know that about Slugs. That's actually, that's really interesting because you're right, knowing that now, that is beautiful beautifully handled mm. it actually adds a layer of real right. sort of like emotional weight to it yeah. which obviously I didn't appreciate and there is emotion, by the way <laughs> sorry yeah just to say there is it does do the, the talk about the tonal shift thing because the, the the vicar in the second episode particularly it's always done tonal shifts really well there are really moving moments that they're just kind of allowed to happen almost by stealth and he has a brilliant moment in episode two and it's going I think previous series they've put out all in one go on iPad but this one they're going week by week which I think makes sense because it's yeah. like building up to the end of the whole thing yeah. and I think you know and people will love it and it's a huge hit <laughs> anyway okay yeah good and when it, when when and where is this airing, Boyd? This is airing uh, tonight, Monday. Um, so it's on iPlayer from about seven o'clock, and then um, ten thirty-five BBC One. Okay, mm. this country uh, from Swindon then to Cheltenham as we go into this week's last show. This is Intelligence, a comedy that takes a long, hard look inside the espionage capital of the world, Cheltenham. Uh, the show sees David Schwimmer's brash and big-headed NSA consultant descend on the Gloucestershire-based offices of GCHQ and butt heads with the local intelligence boffins and their particularly English method of working. Uh, Boyd, did this live up to its title for you? Yes, um, this is going to be one of those weeks where I'm far too positive about everything. I apologize. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. Stereotype. One of those weeks. Sometimes I fit. Sometimes I do. To the best of my like knowledge, stuff. there's been one week no, where you went on a tear true. about something. That's not true. There's often things I don't like, <laughs> but I do. I, I think this is this is created by Nick Mohammed, who is a very, very clever, funny comedian. Who I would say characterised by saying, if you've ever seen him, he does a character. He's done it on Eight Out of Ten Cats, um, do Catler, which you've do you have you ever heard of that, James? I've heard of it. It's a thing. Never seen TV. it. So he does a little act, a, a really really silly character. He's a kind of character performer. I think he embraces silliness, and this show. 100% embraces silliness. It's daft. It's kind of. It's got that. It goes into that. 
airplane kind of naked gun-esque world of comedy depicting this world of spies and espionage and intelligence as being populated by idiots and morons and doofuses and um, David Truman's character is a gigantic American egotistical doofus and Nick Muhammad's character is a kind of like dweeby but terrible incompetent little doofus and the two doofuses together are wonderful I love them <laughs> and um, I, I really enjoyed it It's some people are going to say it's like it's a bit stupid and a bit silly but I embrace the stupidity and the silliness and just and I love David Schrimmer huge fan of Friends and to see him in back in a, in a proper TV broad comedy having the time of his life having mm. a great time doing slapstick bits he falls over he falls off chairs you know all that it embraces trying to be funny it's not trying to say anything profound about anything there's no unlike this life I don't think it's trying to be moving or anything like that it's pure funny comedy and I thought it was very funny you'll be shocked to hear <laughs> no I'm not that I did not no um I'll let Beth talk about this, but I will say one thing, and that is that this. My, I thought Nick Muhammad was fucking brilliant in this. Yeah, he's he's genuinely properly brilliant. Yeah. I thought his comedy timing was absolutely flawless, yeah. and he was without doubt the highlight of this. And this begins with, I actually begins with a weird conversation about vaginas, and it made me upset that Terry wasn't going to be here to talk about that because I know she would have wanted to. But um, she like so. You start off before David Schwimmer comes in and Nick Muhammad is essentially centre stage. I thought this is brilliant and I enjoyed it, enjoyed it, enjoyed it till the second David Schwimmer's mm. character arrived and then it lost me because that character is too broad, he's too over the top, he's stereotypical. I'm not necessarily, I don't know whether it's that Schwimmer overplayed it or whether it's deliberately written to be like that, but I found that character unbelievable, broad and irritating and all of the subtlety, and it was very subtle up until that point, I really liked the conversation about biscuits and things like that, um, was lost for me. And I, I, yeah, after that point, there's a whole thing about trying to get through a door and a door pass fast. And I was like, all of the, all of the, the cleverness of this has gone, gone away and all of its charm oh, went with it. And then I stopped laughing okay. and that was it. Sorry, Beth. What did you think it's of fine. it? It's fine. I'm like stubbornly in the middle of the two, and I mostly agree with James, but in a less violent way. <laughs> uh, Vindication! <laughs> oh, God. I just don't think David Schwimmer is strong enough to, and he's the pun of the show. I think otherwise, it, it is it is very funny and elegantly written and subtly performed but people are going to watch this show for David Schwimmer I just don't think he's good enough he's not strong enough to lead wow. this kind of show he's part of an ensemble he's good mm. in a comedy ensemble I don't think he's a strong enough comedy actor on his own in this environment I wonder why he took this job I'm wondering if it's something to do with like what? Cheltenham I think the appeal was <laughs> well, Cheltenham they, I can answer that question they, so he got to know Nick Muhammad so they were working on a putative Channel 4 comedy with Julia Davis about morning TV. So there was going to... And David Schroer and Julia Davis were going to play morning TV hosts. I think Nick Howard was involved and, and co-writing it. Yeah. And that never happened. That show never happened. For, I'm, I'm still... You know, I can't believe that show with Julia Davis and David Schroer and Nick Howard working on it. It never happened. But it didn't. But they became mates. And then I think Nick Howard had the idea and sent it to him saying, can you do a show? Yeah. That's the show I want to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that one. Yeah, I just... <sighs> He, he he just wasn't strong enough for me. And then it kind of, his character goes into this kind of will they, won't they with Christine and he goes into a will they, won't they. The boss, she's the boss character. Of, I'm like, of is he not sick kids. of will they, won't they? Is at this stage? <laughs> Who is in the ultimate TV will they, won't they? And they're shoving him into another one. Also, according to IMDb, he's only in three of the episodes. Does he die? I kind of hope he does. Oh, I don't think that's true. I think IMDb might have that wrong. Yeah. They've just not I think he's because he's the star of the show, isn't he? Yeah, but funnily enough, that story you tell, Boyd, about how it came together, that maybe explains a lot to me because I was looking at this, I was thinking, this should have been a show centred on Nick Muhammad with this character, this American character, as a supporting 
character to add colour yeah. to it. And I think by putting him centre stage, it detracts from the show as a whole. And I think because they're friends, obviously because he's a big name, they've written mm. that part up and they've made it more prominent than I think it needs to be. I think, you know, in small, in moderation, in small in small amounts, that could have character could have worked. Uh, but frankly, give me more of Agent Joseph, which is the name of Muhammad's character. I mean, I totally agree that Nick Muhammad is the best. I mean, actually, I think um, Sylvester Latuzel is the best. Also very good. She's great. Also very good. Um, I do, I love Nick Muhammad, so I absolutely agree that he he is the best thing in it. I I think David Trimmer is perfectly fine in it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I've I've watched, I mean, I kind of, as soon as they sent it to me, I was like, I I devoured three episodes and I'm really enjoying it. So it never struck me that he was actively bad, as you're suggesting. But, you know, I'm going to, you know, but, so it just surprises me that you think that. But I do, but I totally agree that Nick Muhammad is the best thing in it. Yeah. If you're a Nick Muhammad fan, you will like it. That is Intelligence, and it drops on Sky One and Now TV on Friday, February 21st at 9pm. Boyd, what is also out this week? Outlander comes back, doesn't it, tonight it does. on Monday, February 17th? On Amazon Prime, yes. Yes. Um, and they show that weekly. Um, they do, yes. Rather than drop it all in they one do. Because it's again, that's a, what show shows it in America? Some funny channel shows it in America. It's on a funny channel it's show in America. Is it, is, it, is it Stars or AMC? And stars? Like it might be Stars. I think it's Stars. Yeah, this is yeah. Gonna, people are going to complain. This, is, this is Rondi Moore's show. This is a huge Based show. on the, yeah, Diana Gabaldon books. Yeah. Mm. The, this show, um, More 4, which is the kind of, you know, offshoot of Channel 4 channel, bought the, the second rights to this show. So they're yeah. showing it like about a year behind, at least a year behind, and it's massive for them. Yeah. It's amazing. So, because uh, I wonder, you know, as more people get Amazon Prime, They'll they'll get to know it, but it's a huge thing, a huge yeah. phenomenon. I did actually watch it to start with because it's got, so did I. I mean, it's got time travel and it's got <laughs> it has I, on, and it's it's a real bodice ripper. Like yeah. it's very so it's very female centric in terms of the books. My main issue with it was it was too rapey, like to the point where there was someone got raped in almost every episode, and I just I was like, this is so wildly unnecessary, yeah. and I just thought I'm done with this. I just I just I don't, I'm not tuning in for this. I mean, Terry, I'm sure would have loved it if she'd seen it, but. <laughs> I just like she loves a bit of sexual assault in her television, but I just kind of just don't need it. I do remember reading that. I I, I know what you're saying. I think a, a lot of people have, there have been um, articles written about how this show because there are similarities, you know, sensible similarities to Game of Thrones, and the people do say this show deals with rape and sexual assault and those things better than Game of Thrones did. That's it may, a horrible benchmark. That is not a good benchmark. I know, but, but I'm just I, saying. I'm putting it out there. As a it thing. may do going on. I only watched the. Sort of three quarters of the first season, it just it felt so commonplace in the show. Like it almost happened. Like oh, this is just something we just get on with. It happens every week. Perhaps I'm mm. pa- misrepresenting it slightly, but that was certainly how it felt to me. And then I know there's a very uh, plot twisty rape sequence in the last episode of the first season, uh, and it's just uh, there's a bit where you're just like, you know what, enough, I'm done. I'm not going to bother. No more of this. Off that. Mm. No. Um, can I mention Last Tango in Halifax, which at one point, it's not, that starts Sunday. Next Please Sunday. tell me they're talking about the Building Society. No, this is <laughs> Sally Wainwright, the brilliant author of Happy Valley. You know, she's a brilliant writer. Mm. Um, this is her series. It's been going years and years and years and is a brilliant kind of um, uh, depiction. It's all about um, a, a couple of a certain age, um, played by Derek Jacobi and Anne Reid, who are kind of childhood, knew each other's sweethearts, and then get married in their 70s, I guess. This is the first series for about, like full series for about five years, I think. There was like a Christmas trip was special a few years ago. It's a brilliant, because she's so brilliant, Sally Wainwright, at writing um, dialogue, at kind of depicting normal people in their lives. And um, it's it's got an incredible cast. Um, it's a really good show. Uh, and it's back next Sunday. And I've watched the first episode and it's as good as ever. So yeah, if you're a fan of that show, I mean, again, you're looking at me like I'm, you've never heard of this show. I haven't. Heard of this show. Mom loves it's this a show. big, yeah, it's a big Mom BBC Sunday night. Yeah. You know, brilliantly done. It's, it's, it's like the high quality end of your BBC One Sunday night 
drama with a beautiful backdrop, you mm. know, of Halifax and its environs. Um, it's really, really good, though. Nicola Walker's in it. Oh, I love Nicola yeah, Walker. Yeah, mm. You know, what's not... Yeah, it's brilliant. It's really good. Sarah mm-hmm. Lancashire's in it. The cast is incredible. Okay, so good people. Yeah. Really in, a, good people. in a bank. <laughs> They're not actually in a bank. Excellent. Uh, pick of the week. <sighs> I'm going this country because I know you two aren't, so... Yeah, it is this country, but I do... Oh, come on! Woo! <laughs> no, it is this Isn't country, it? really. This country's kind of... Out and out the best thing, but Hunters is really, I really it, like. I mean, yeah, if this country had Al Pacino right. in it, we <laughs> yeah. might be able to talk, but. <laughs> could you they, this country could incorporate a Jewish Al Pacino. Yeah. yeah if there were Nazi more Nazis, Nazis in this country, yeah. I think maybe. I'd like to see Al Pacino trying that accent. <laughs> I mean, he's doing. I mean, he's doing a pretty poor job of the uh, Yiddish accent. So he could, you know. Oh, well, anyway. destroy my. We'll forgive him. Couple of options for you there. Uh, before we depart, it's probably time for the Banshee segment, where we pick out a show from ages past for your viewing pleasure. Now, for the last few, we've done them quite themed, haven't we? So I yeah. think I, I'm quite enjoying this, trying oh, to hook them onto something. Right. Okay. So I have hooked mine yeah. onto Nazis. <laughs> well done. And actually, this is a show that actually I've talked about on this podcast before because I think it's only from 2017. So I wanted to do SSGB, yeah. uh, which was, of course, the uh, Sam Riley starring, I guess it's it's kind of a miniseries, isn't it, more than a series? So it's an alt-history noir. It's aired on BBC One in 2017, and it takes it's based on the 1978 novel of the same name by Len Dayton, uh, and it takes place in an alternate timeline in which the Germans won the Second World War and the Reich has occupied the UK. And uh, Sam Riley plays... He's a Scotland Yard detective working under the the oversight of the Reich. Uh, and there's a sort of a, a, mur- a routine murder investigation turns into something with larger uh, implications. And then there's conspiracies. There's a smuggled king in it. Ooh. Resistance fighters. Kate Bosworth turns up. James Cosmo's in it. Like, there's a lot going on in this. I enjoyed this enormously. And I came to it quite late. I didn't see when it first aired. But really, really like this. I love the, the, the depiction of it. I, lo- I mean, alternate histories are great, aren't they? You know, they're just yeah. quite fun. Like, a what could have been... You in this case, terrifying. But, um, you know, it, it, the problem with it is, is the book, I don't know if the, the TV show ends in exactly the same way as the book, but it it's not hugely conclusive. Like, it ends with you not entirely sure what's happened to Sam Riley's character, and uh, Dayton didn't write another book, and there isn't a second series. Oh, wow. So, you can take it, I mean, it is a self-contained thing, but it's not a satisfying ending. Okay. <laughs> so, it's great, but you feel a bit like, huh, you couldn't have, I don't know, just done some more? Like, is that too much to ask? So with that caveat, SSGB is very good uh, and you can pick up the whole series for £3 if you pop down to a second-hand DVD shop of your choice. Wow. Amazing. I love Sam Riley. Absolutely love him. Sam Riley. I love his voice. Like <laughs> Sam Riley. Little old lady. He does, doesn't he? He really <laughs> does. does. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought of that, but he yeah, absolutely that is, does. That is brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Um, any other takers? Beth, go on. All right. Uh, well, again, mine's quite a new one, and I've mentioned it on the show before, but I wanted to come back to it because season four has just aired in America. Uh, high Maintenance. Yes. Wonderful show. I've never seen this. Uh, HBO. Is it a comedy? <laughs> oh, I don't want to say. <laughs> it's a genteel... It's a it's a very speculative... Yeah, it's a You comedy. can say it's a comedy. It's you can admit comedy, it's, you know, it's fine. I've already lost, so it doesn't matter. But uh, it started off as a web series. This is Ben Sinclair and his used-to-be wife, now ex-wife, but they're still making the show together, yeah. uh, Katya uh, Blanquette, I think her name is. started as a web series. It's now a fully-fledged TV show. And uh, Ben Sinclair is a drug dealer known as The Guy who just kind of 
cycles around New York dealing weed to various different people, but it focuses on the other people's stories. So every episode is maybe three or four stories of mm. just people existing in New York. They're all super interesting. Dan Stevens is in it as oh. a cross-dresser, which is really cool. Love Dan Stevens. And then it's just great. Cousin Matthew. Cousin Matthew. <laughs> Uh, it's just great TV actors that you'll have. You'll be like, oh, it's that one from Orange is the New Black. Oh, it's that one from, I don't know, whatever. Um, Amy Ryan's in it, Margaret Cho. It's just a really... I've, I get a bit soppy when I talk about this. It's if you've ever lived and loved a city, like really lived in it, like really Swindon. Love it. Like Swindon. <laughs> I think you'll like this show very much. And it's beautifully shot as well. And Ben Sinclair is almost like this kind of Jesus-type figure. He's very chill, very non-judgmental. He just goes and he deals and he leaves. And then you're left with these beautiful little stories that take place over the city. It's gorgeous. Very good. What's it called again? High Maintenance. High Maintenance. Yeah. Boyd, can you top High Maintenance? Um, I'll try. I mean, mine is, the, the, the reason I'm doing it, it's, not re- it's, a, it's a very vague theme. It's like it, this uh, Gormagast is my choice. Ah. Yeah. Ah. And Gormagast, because the, the Gormagast books were written by Mervyn Peake, and the first one came out in 1946, just mm. after the end of the war. So I can't, that's what it reminded me of. It was watching, um, was watching Hunters and everything. I mean, that's a fucking and loose connection. But loose, sure, but Gorm- carry on. People do, Gormagast is kind of, people do look at it as being Mervyn Peake, the author's reaction to all of that. Post-war so, fiction. Post-war fiction, mm. you know, definitely touching on evil, touching on, you know... Um, Touching uh, evil—that would have been a good one to do. Uh, oppressive societies of dictatorships. It's—it's it's basically Lord of the Rings, but good. And it's a much better uh, for me. It's a much better fantasy novel, world-creating thing than I would have. I've always maintained that the Gormagast trilogy is the much better thing to read than Lord of the Rings. And the TV version, the BBC TV version, which was done a few years ago, was at that point. Um, I'm trying to look at what year it came out. Was I didn't check that. 2000, it came out. Um, so it's like you know, 20 years old. But it was like a huge big production for them, and it was it was a four-parter. I think it was on Sunday night. Jonathan and Reese Myers was in it. Christopher Lee was in it. it. Had a kind of quite big starry cast. Wow. It was lavish for the time, and it kind of flopped because it is quite a difficult story to tell it's like an, it's a kind of gnarly difficult weird um, character central character who is you know kind of goes kind of traces his sto- history from kind of the extreme things that happened to him a steer pipe character played by Jonathan Rhys Myers and so it was it kind of flopped basically and that was it but I think there's another version in the works I think um, I think I read that Neil Gaiman I think is, is trying is still, is, well, I think they announced it about a couple mm. of years ago is working on, I hope someone does a new version because it's a brilliant brilliant book but I really like this version and I think it will be <laughs> in your C exchange place for about four quid if you can find it at the box set of, of Gormagast. You so, just yeah. haven't taken the time to look? No. No, okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, so that's a half-assed banshee, but yeah. fine. No, that sounds good. That's good. Good. Gorm- I never watched Gormagast back yeah, in the day, but I, 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 it was have one of those things. Books? I've never read the books yeah. and I have never seen it. It was like, um, do you remember Neverwhere? Neverwhere, the yeah, new yeah, game and yeah. thing? Like it's yeah. in, It occupies the same segment yeah. of my brain as I think that. He, I think he pays... Debt to mm. it's in the influence of it on him. Yeah, it is a, it's a big influence. Yeah, but it's brilliantly written. Mervyn Peake was a fucking brilliant writer, honestly. There you go. Much better than Tolkien. Have I made that point? Is I mean, that yeah, your 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 hatred of Lord of the Rings, of of the Rings <laughs> is one of the most baffling. You are relentlessly positive about the most astonishing shit, and yet Lord of the Rings, three of the greatest films ever created, and you're no, like, they're Meh. not. <laughs> Are they Beth? They're not, are they? Oh God, don't! You're a don't film. Come on, you're a filmmaker. So let's throw you in. I... Boy, it's like fuck talking. Intelligence is where it's at. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Cinema, cinema. It was a milestone. 
Hang on, oh, hang on, hang on. Am I detecting stone. a little bit of yes. ring scepticism from you? <laughs> nothing. You oh nothing. my god! We should wrap up, really. This is like this is like when someone comes out as a secret racist, and like it turns out better secret so rings hater. Like boy, it is. It's equally socially unacceptable. I didn't say hate. I just don't love it. Can a girl not just sit quietly in the wow. middle? Wow. Yes, you can. I mean, I just used the word inacceptable, which isn't a word. But <laughs> other than that, this has been a new. See, so that's much. how shaken I was yeah. by this revelation, Beth. I just, I don't even think I know you anymore. Listen, I'm sorry. Someone's, wow. someone's doing a Lord of the Rings trilogy rewatch at the weekend. Wow. I can't do Gollum. Anyway, uh, I think we're done. I think we're done. Are we done? We're done. Uh, that is it for this first post Terry Pilot TV podcast. She's died. Jesus Christ. I know. I know. She'll be back. Uh, we do hope you enjoyed it regardless of that. Um, if so, as ever, we implore you to head over to iTunes, even if you are not an Apple aficionado, uh, and leave us a five-star rating if you please. If you'd like to follow us on social media, feel free to do so at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton, and at Beth K. Webb. Uh, Boyd and Beth will be back next week, but alas... I will not. Uh, not because I'm off to have a child of my own, but rather because I'm taking a rare holiday. Oh. A holiday, I'm you, told it's called. You uh, my first in some How time. So I will be going away to somewhere that is warmer. But fear not, because Boyd has been scouring his celebrity Rolodex for a suitable replacement. And I have it on good authority that he will not disappoint. So uh, do make sure to come back next week and find out what happens. I know I will. In fact, I'm slightly gutted I won't be here. I mean, it may not happen. You know, we, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get a good Hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. If it's not Andrew Scott, I'm not showing up. That's all I'll say. It's not Andrew Scott. <laughs> it's either Andrew Scott right, or Al Pacino. We'll see what happens. <laughs> And just got following me. Al Pacino's doing it, and he's doing the whole thing in his Hunter's accent. Yeah, he's promised. Amazing. He's promised. Amazing. It's gonna be brilliant. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Until then, however, pilot out. <laughs>